James, Nisha, and Katie Horn, welcome to this episode of the Chack Insider. Thank you. Thank you. You know what the Chack Insider stands for, Katie? No. Community Heights Alliance Church Insider. Ah, ah you didn't. <laughs> you thought it was going to be a hard one, didn't you? Well, it sounds like apple cider. So, oh, apple cider. <laughs> no, this. See, this is the Chack Insider. Like uh-huh. you're on the inside, getting the skinny. Getting the information that nobody else gets. That's the insider information. Okay, good. So you guys went to El Salvador as a family. Did did everybody in your family go? We did. All six of us went. All six on the same week. Correct. Week one. Okay, so Nisha, tell us who is in your family. Who were the six? Okay, well, our oldest child is Jarrett, and he's actually 21, so not really a child anymore. And then Elizabeth, or Ellie, she is 19. And then Justin is 15. And then Katie is 13. And then James and myself. Okay. And why did you decide to take the whole family? Uh, Something Nisha and I had talked about for quite a while. We thought it'd be neat if we could do a a family mission trip together. And we thought, well, this is the perfect time before our older two move out and are on their own. So it just seemed like a great, great fit. What did you think, Katie, about going with the whole family? I thought it was nice. We uh, The summer is about the only time that we are all together because college for the others. So it was nice. So you've got just you and your brother are home, right? And then yes. the, the older two are in school. Mm-hmm. What? Tell me one thing that you learned on this trip. I think one thing that I learned on the trip was that... If you want to help people, you have to help them in their way and you have to get to know them first. Otherwise, you just they just feel like you're stepping on their toes and you don't want to do that. So in that culture, what would be something that like a gringo like me might do if I went down there and didn't know? What would be something I could do that would maybe step on their toes or maybe be a little bit insulting or off-putting to their culture? Keep a very tight schedule and put that before relationships with them. Okay. You don't want to do that. No. Were you tempted to do that at times? Times. As yes. a group, right? <laughs> yes. Stuff, well, probably goals that you had, you wanted to get some things done mm-hmm. and they weren't getting done in a timely way. Not as fast as maybe we would have liked. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, James, if I were taking my kids, I had four kids as well, and I like your answer about taking them at a time when they're all there, they're not old enough to be you know, completely gone and out of the house yet, I'd be concerned about safety and security. Were you? I think I was before we got there, you know, did some research ahead of time. We found out that El Salvador is a pretty dangerous country to be in. And so we, I guess maybe I was a little bit leery going down there, but uh, once we were down there in country, you know, we never felt that we were threatened in any way. It seemed very safe. Uh, it helps, you know, having the uh, the missionary house has security. And uh, so that uh, that was good. And just, you know, they kept very careful track of all of us and they wouldn't let us go off alone into the city or anything else. And so, yeah, we were, felt totally safe while we were down there. Yeah, we couldn't even walk to the gas station that was like half a mile. Half a mile is a long way in the city. Well, it wasn't that far. It, yeah, it wasn't maybe like a quarter of a mile. It was really close. So we had to walk with 
one of you interns. Nisha, tell me what kind of experiences you had when you got there. What were you expecting before you got there? Like you must have had some some preconceived notions of what would, what it would be like. Well, um, we kind of went with the expectation that we were going to help with a park and we were going to work in the community to um, get that up and going. And when we got there and our plans completely changed and they said, uh, the next group is going to do that and you guys are going to do other projects around here. So, you know, there was that expectation of our actual jobs that we were going to do changed immediately. But also, you know, you kind of go into a mission trip, or at least I did, went into the mission trip with the idea that I was going to go do something and that that was going to be beneficial to someone else. And really what I found that it wasn't as beneficial to them as it was to me or to us as a group that, you know, we went to serve, but really we were the ones benefiting because we were growing and learning ourselves. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's something that you don't really want to tell a group before they go because they want to feel like they've got something to give. Mm-hmm. You know, we all we all do, but then when we get there, we actually yeah, we realize that we're the ones. Right. It's just like when you're when you're visiting some elderly people maybe in their homes or or in a in a nursing home, mm-hmm. you go in to encourage them and minister to them and often you come out and you're like you're way more encouraged than they were. Mm-hmm. So, how long has your family been a part of Community Heights Church? Uh, we started attending uh, Community Heights again, I don't know, probably about two years ago or a year ago, I guess. We had uh, gone before and then uh, spent some time away at another church and then came back. Uh, but yeah, we probably before that, we'd gone for 10 or 12 years, I suppose. Okay. So you're not strangers nope. to the process. Nope. You probably knew Pastor John, mm-hmm. who was there. And which week did you go? The first week. The first week. So as soon as mm-hmm. you got there, you realized that you, what you were going to do was cha- was going to change. Mm-hmm. How did the group, you know, deal with that? Now I say the group. Mm-hmm. S- half of it was your family. <laughs> How many else were in that group? Uh, six more. There were six yeah, more. So we made up exactly half of the group there. Yeah, our plans changed basically every day and a lot of times hour by hour as to what we thought we were going to do. I think we handled it all really well. Uh, the group that we went was just a fantastic bunch. We got along very well together, and everybody just kind of, you know, had their strengths and uh, was able to, you know, do the things that needed to be done, you know, even if, when our plans changed. So, Nisha, how did your kids respond differently? You know, your different kid. you know, each one of them had maybe their own experience. Mm-hmm. How was it different for them? And, and, I mean, how did you observe that as you watched them going through the week? Well, I don't know if this exactly answers your question, but the thing that I love to see was our connection with the other people on our team, um, because we had a wide range of people. I mean, our kids were the youngest, and then we had older people, and it was just really cool to see, you know, um, Justin, he's 15, he plays the guitar, and he was playing with Marsha Schrader. She was helping him learn some songs for worship time. And it was just really neat to see that connection, the inter- intergenerational kind of thing. And um, we had Frida, who's a little bit older, mm-hmm. and um, she just was wonderful, you know, with Katie. And um, so it was really really cool that way um, to see that mix. Katie, have you talked to Frida at church since then? Have. Very many times? A couple times. You feel like you know her a lot better than before you went on the trip? 
I didn't know her at all before I went on the trip. And now your first name basis? Yes. So what was your uh, what was your favorite thing about the trip? Like what did you what did you just really enjoy? Maybe it was just on one of the days. Well, I enjoyed when we went to the El Salvador church there. It was cool because the sermon was a bit tedious to sit through because we had no idea what was going on, but mm-hmm. the singing was fun because we could pick out a word here and there, but it was really cool to see people worshiping and to join in that worship without even knowing what they're saying or knowing what you're saying. Do they have words on the screen? In did Spanish. You, did you guys yeah, did you guys try to sing it in Espanol? We did mm-hmm. sing it in Spanish and like we I say did. we knew a few of the words. Mm-hmm. A couple of the folks on our group, you know, Pastor John and uh, Gary spoke some Spanish and Mm Marsha as well. So that Mm -hmm. helped a lot. Did you guys get to know any of the adult leaders in, I don't even know the name of them, La Fuente is all I can think of. Yeah, La Fuente. Mm -hmm. At Envision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, at the Envision site. Did you get Um, to know any of them? Well, there were probably three or four young interns that were there that really spent a lot of time with us. And um, so we got to know one uh, a young gal named Brooke very well. And she was um, really missing her family. And she kept saying how our family was very similar to her own. And so we kind of connected that way. And, um, and we've kept in touch since. And so that was, that was a neat connection. What do you do, James, like in your normal life? I'm a, the ag teacher at Newton High School. And then we also farm a little. And how long have you been teaching there? Uh, this is the 11th year at Newton. Do you bring anything back from that trip to use in your classroom? I do. Um, I guess one of the things that stuck out to me as a as a highlight is we did get a chance to go to uh, a school down there while we were in San Salvador. Uh, and it was a, uh, I believe, a K-8 school. But it was just, it was awesome to be able to, you know, share Jesus with those kids, sing some songs with them. We did some sports activities with them as well. And made me a little sad, I guess, for the fact that I wish I could do that in the public schools here. Uh, but it was really eye-opening as well. The day that we went to the school, m- most of the city of San Salvador was without water. So we were without water for, I think, about 36 hours down there while the whole we were on city. our trip. Yeah. Like how many people? I don't know, 3 million or something. 3 million people without water. So they had school. And it kind of made me laugh a little bit. You know, we have two snowflakes, and we cancel school here at Newton sometimes. And so they were just making do. They were having classes like normal. And, you know, so that kind of stuck out as a, as a thing to me, you know, seeing their school facilities and uh, the way it was set up. And, of course, I loved kind of looking at all the ag-type things that we were able to experience while we were down there as well. Hmm. How about you, Nisha? When you were there, what were some things culturally that were, like, uncomfortable? So you were without water for mm-hmm. 36 hours. But what else mm-hmm. about, have you been in a, another culture, like immersed in a in a uh, different language culture before? Mm-hmm. I went on a trip to Mali before, um, and it was a little bit similar in the fact that it was very hot. <laughs> and so that's that was probably one of the trickiest things for me personally, because I don't know, I just am kind of hot anyway. <laughs> so... Being hot and sweaty and then no shower, that was tricky. Well, just for 36 hours. <laughs> yeah. Did you get one after that? Yeah. And was it cold? It was cold. All the showers were they cold. They were all cold. But they actually felt good cold. So Yeah. yeah. You get used to it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 
when you came home, you started taking hot showers? Yes. <laughs> you didn't you weren't like, <laughs> "Oh, we're good." You know, we you turned the hot water heater way down, right? To like 90 <laughs> degrees. So, Katie, uh your brothers uh, and your sister, right? Brothers and sister? How did you get along with them on the trip? We really didn't have any problems. Um Did you stay out of their way? <laughs> We kind of did because the boys were in their room and the girls were in their room. And, um, yeah, we it was nice because on a missions trip, you're kind of too busy to make problems, yeah. too busy to... That's the idea, anyway. ...get in fights. To keep you too, so bu- too busy. It was good. And did you make friends with any of the kids that only spoke Spanish? Do you feel like you were able to connect with them even with the language barrier? When we went to the school, it was... It was really cool because I we were leaving the school and one class their teacher had taught them how to say hi how are you in English and so they were just all saying hi how are you hi <laughs> and um it was just fun to see that they cared ab- about people enough to to learn that and try and say that even though they're never going to see me again Did you try to speak Spanish or a little Spanish I did I think Speak a little Spanish. How'd you feel doing that? Very awkward. <laughs> you feel self-conscious? Yeah. Did anybody laugh? No. They didn't they'd say they didn't even laugh. No. Because they know mm-hmm. you don't know it. And right. any attempt, any attempt is just like you appreciated their attempt, right? At hi, how are you? Yep. So would you guys do another trip like this? Like if we, if we do it next year, like are you going next year? Or are you going to maybe take some time off and... I think we would go again. I don't know about next summer, but yeah, we'd definitely be interested in going again. Yeah. Finances aside, we'd go in a heartbeat, you know, but it's a little tricky for all six of us to go. It's kind of a a big chunk of change. Thousands and thousands of dollars. (laughs) Yeah. So you were gone for a week. This is a loaded question, but, you know, was it worth it? Yeah, definitely. How Mm -hmm. has it changed your family? How has it affected your family? I think I think it changed our family in a great way. Uh, we got to spend time together, even though we were with other people. It was a time that we were focused on being with one another as well. Um, made us appreciate the things that we have at home, uh, the relationships we have at home as well. Uh, I think it was probably good for our family. It seems like we are always running, you know, at about a hundred miles an hour trying to get uh, projects done. And uh, another thing crossed off the to-do list. So I think it was good for us to move at El Salvadorian pace for mm-hmm. a week, uh, for our family to slow down and really take time to connect with the people that were at the Envision site. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with tech while you were there? Your phones? Did you keep track of email and text messages and stuff like that? Or did you pretty much just ignore it? I don't think I was on my phone for the entire week until we got back into the airports. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I think when we were at Envision, we could check the Wi-Fi the one or two days. Email I think. maybe, yeah. but nothing but email. I don't think. Yeah. How so, was that for you? Did you even think about it? It was awesome not to have to check your yeah. voicemails and texts and emails for a while. It was great getting away from it. I thought. And the kids couldn't have any Snapchat or Instagram <laughs> or. So it was nice. It was really nice. You weren't, you weren't snapping the whole time you were there? Just taking pictures you could snap later? I was not. <laughs> That's not normally a problem for me, though, because I don't have Snapchat. Oh, you don't have Snapchat. But Ellie and Justin and Jared do, so. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I don't know how to use it anyway. So what did you learn 
in terms of missions. So the Alliance is really trying to, I mean, it's not just that, oh, the Alliance is a missions thing. The Alliance has this idea that they can actually be a part of completing the Great Commission. Not just being a part of it, but actually it's that every people group on the planet would have access to the gospel in their own language, the word of God written in, I mean, some of these languages, they don't even have alphabets for them yet, let alone, you know, anything else. And they're, but they're putting it together. They literally know how many people groups do not have access to the gospel. They've got a number. That number is going down and down and down. In your lifetime, you actually could have the gospel being shared with every people group on the planet. And that's the goal of the Alliance, is Great, is great Commission completion. What did you learn about Alliance missions while you were there? Since this was an envisioned site, was there anything that you caught in terms of like vision or passion that you noticed that was present, you know, amongst the leaders there? Well, I think at the, the envision site, they, um, you know, they were about connecting with those kids in their community and building relations, relationships with them maybe before, you know, just hitting them with the gospel and about meeting their needs and, and things where they were at. What types of ways would they have to meet needs? What did those kids need? Um, well, honestly, they just needed a place to be because um, there they only go to school till about 1130 in the morning. And then they're just kind of running free after that, you know, so um, just a structured place for them to be. And then the after school programs, the um, the soccer and the flag football that they do just gives them something to do and an outlet and, and just a place where they're not out running on the streets. And what are the dangers on the streets? From what they told us, uh, most kids don't go to school uh, past eighth grade. Uh, they do, I believe they go to school year round, but it's only half a day. Uh, so typically only the wealthier families are going to send their kids on to high school then. Uh, El Salvador is known for a lot of gang violence. All right. There's, I think there's two or three major gangs down there. And so a lot of the kids are, uh, as a way to make money and get ahead, they're choosing to join the gangs. And that's that's not leading them down a good path, obviously. We actually had, I think, one or two of the boys that we worked with at the after-school program that uh, had been in a gang previously or were some of them were trying to recruit them into a gang. What types of things do the gangs do? I mean, thug life, right? That's yeah, all I, you know, a lot you can of, think uh, of. Yeah, a lot of violence, um, a lot of uh, you know extortion. They said that there's a lot of that going down there. When you travel to San Salvador, almost every business has their own security guard just to keep uh, keep everyone safe there. So yeah, just I think those gangs are involved in a lot of bad things, and it sounds like they kind of run the country basically. I think one of the envision leaders said that you know I think last year around Christmas time they shut down the entire public transportation system. They you know they're in control of the bus drivers and the bus system there, and so. The gangs are, are very prevalent down there. And so Tony, who runs the ministry there, they're really focused on the younger generation. Are they doing, could you see, are they doing anything with the parents or young adults, or is it really focused right now on kids? I think, to my knowledge, it's mostly just with the kids. 
And are they connected to a church? Is the Envision site connected to an Alliance church? Right. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there's Alliance church that we helped out with there, and I think maybe they said there was another one in town so. as well, so maybe two mm-hmm. Alliance churches down there. Uh, we did some work on, on one of the churches, and so they're, they're plugged in with that as well. So, Katie, you're in eighth grade yes. right now? And was this your first missions trip anywhere? Yes. And what do you think about, does it make you want to go on other trips? Does it make you want to go back to El Salvador? Does it make you want to go somewhere else? I think it it sparked an interest. I think it's it would be fun to go on another missions trip. I'm not sure if I would go to El Salvador necessarily. How did you um, process the difference in the standard of living down there compared to where you live? Like what kids have, what they don't have. How did you feel about that? How did you process that? Driving through El Salvador in the bumpy blue van that we had was... Um, it Did it have air conditioning? It did. No. I think it did, but it wasn't enough to keep up. Didn't work. Okay. Yeah, it, okay. So driving through in that van, it was... It was pretty shocking to see all the shacks and everything that people lived in. And then it was also interesting to see the kids that came to La Fuente. A lot of them had smartphones. And you think, how does that work? And obviously it is a lot poorer of a country. But also I think some priorities are a lot different there than they are here. So... They would put some things before building a permanent house or whatever. That was very interesting. So communication is important to them. Did they have landline system, do you think, before what they have now? I would assume so. Um, I don't know how good it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think most places probably had Wi-Fi or something down there, but electricity is kind of also spotty in places. So you said you grew up in Newton. Mm-hmm. Graduated from Newton High School? Yep. And then what'd you do? I uh, went to uh, Iowa State and uh, graduated from Iowa State and taught at a couple other schools uh, uh, before coming back to Newton. And you're back at your alma mater. Yes. How about you, Nisha? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Reasoner. I don't know oh, if you know Reasoner. where that is. Reasoner, yes, south of here. Mm-hmm. It's a little place down there by mm-hmm. the way. There's like an intersection mm-hmm. near Reasoner. Yeah. Maybe it is Reasoner. That, that probably <laughs> is. That one stop, yes. <laughs> and how'd you guys get connected? Uh, we knew each other in high school through FFA. I was in FFA at Newton and she was at uh, Monroe. And uh, so we knew each other in, New- in uh, high school, but didn't date each other until we were in college. So you were both at Iowa State? Uh, no, no. Uh, we met in high school. And then we kind of went our separate ways. And then, then I was waitressing at a restaurant here in Newton and came in and we kind of got reconnected. And you were going to Dort College. Yeah, I yeah. went to Dort College. Oh, that's right. I think you must have told me that, mm-hmm. that you went to Dort. Mm-hmm. Four years? Mm-hmm. And what'd you graduate? What kind of a degree? Uh, elementary education. Do you use it at all in a school? Uh, I substitute teach. You do? And okay. then I homeschool my kids. So okay. Kind of. Are you glad your mother is educated to homeschool you? Yes. You think she could do it without the education? Probably, if she worked at it. If she worked at it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. So tell me one thing about Community Heights that you appreciate. Well, 
I, you know, since we're talking about El Salvador, I really appreciated the team that we went with. We just had an amazing team. And, you know, I didn't really know any of them beforehand. I, I kind of knew Gary. I kind of knew Noah. But it was just, they were just a wonderful, wonderful group of people. And so if they're an indication of the larger body of Community Heights, then that speaks volumes. One thing I guess I appreciate about Community Heights is that they are missions focused. You know, that's always kind of been one of the core uh, parts of this church. And it is is just great to see them supporting missionaries around the globe. Uh, we're glad to be back at Community Heights. It, it kind of feels like we never left in a way. Uh, there's still a lot of the people that we've known forever that are going here. So it, it is a, a nice sense of community and sense of family. So we're going through this strategic planning process, and we've worked through it with a group of people and come up with this uh, direction, vision, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, there's a lot of directions you could go in as a church. But you can't go in all those directions. So if we pick a few. So one of the directions we talked about focusing on missions was to send over the next five years to send 100 adults and students on a missions experience every year over the next five years. And I mean, that would be 500 people. Maybe some of them would be the same. Certainly they they wouldn't all. uh, To help to raise up and send five full-time missionaries. Our denomination says for missionaries that go out under the Great Commission Fund, a Great Commission International Workers, they have to spend two years in a local church in the United States serving where they can get trained, they can just they can learn, they could chisel off some of the rough edges, they can be mentored, and in a sense they can be a little bit examined so that if they're going to be supported 100%, we want to have the best missionaries going out. Our church could get involved in bringing in some of those people and having them do their two-year internship right here at Community Heights, and that can be part of those – they can be a few of those five uh, full-time missionaries that we send out, and then also partner with other alliance churches within our district to plan at least three new churches. So those are some – that's that's uh, one of the four – things to this vision we're going to we're going to kind of roll it out in January and say you know we could do a lot of things but these are the things that we think are really going to make kingdom impact they're going to grow us they're going to stretch us and will make a difference you know in the world so missions is going to be a big part of that sending 100 people every year think we'll be able to send 100 people every year Katie I know we will if it's God's will will you be one of them I hope so. (laughs) What do you appreciate about Community Heights? I appreciate that they're mission-focused, that we reach out to people outside of the church, but also that they care a lot about like middle schoolers and high schoolers and give us a space to be and learn and really try and relate to us. So I appreciate that. Cool. So you guys have anything to say? This is a parting shot. Anything to say to the Community Heights family uh, from the Horn family? You're one family, but you came here, a family of six. That's a that's a fair-sized family. It's not huge, right? I mean, I have four kids, and when I hear somebody that has five kids, especially when I see them walking by with their five kids, I think, oh, my goodness, they've got so many kids. Well, all right, we have four. 
This is one different. But what do you have to say to uh, the church family? I would say two things. First of all, if you have a chance to go on a missions trip, take it. And secondly, if you have a chance to go as a family, definitely take it. Yes, I, I, I agree completely. We are so blessed to have been able to go on this missions trip, and we thank uh, everybody in the church that supported us, uh, whether it was monetarily or helping out with things while we were gone. Uh, it's just been, just been a fantastic opportunity. So James, Nisha, and Katie Horn, you guys are courageous enough to step into the studio, get before the microphone, and open your mouth. Good things came out. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for being here. And uh, hey, if you're listening, you might get tapped on the shoulder and asked to be on the Chack Insider podcast. And if you do, you have to say yes.